I think we can all agree that learning is more fun when you do it with friends, right? So if one of your summer goals is to learn more about the science of reading and how to incorporate it into your classroom, then let me invite you to join our free summer book study. During the month of June, we are gonna be hosting a free book study for teachers just like you, where we are gonna work our way through the book, Shifting the Balance, Six Ways to Bring the Science of Reading into Your Upper Elementary Classroom. And we'd love to have you join us. We're gonna read one chapter a week and inside our book study Facebook group, you're gonna get to participate in things like our weekly Facebook Live, discussion posts, you're gonna get some really awesome freebies and the chance to win some stellar prizes. All of this is going to help you align your instruction with the science of reading next year. It's gonna be fun. And even if you don't think you'll have time to read every single chapter, still consider joining. You're gonna get a lot out of the group even if you don't have time to read the entire text. So I hope to see you this summer where we can all learn alongside each other. You can sign up at stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. That's all one word, stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. And I'll see you inside our group. You're listening to episode number 118 of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. Hey there, friend, and happy Monday. I've kind of got a big question for you. Do you ever feel guilty for saying no? If it's your principal asks you to take somebody's class or to volunteer for a specific committee or a parent asks you to tutor or a coworker asks you to make copies or even a friend or neighbor asks you for coffee and you're just not into it. I know that I have a really hard time saying no. And usually when I say no, I have a lot of guilt that comes along with it. And while this is something that I personally have been working on and getting better at, I still feel really guilty when I tell people no. And I feel like I need to justify and explain and give reasons. And ultimately, it's because I am a people pleaser and I'm also a high achiever. And I really hate the idea of letting people down. And I think a lot of teachers fall into those same categories as people pleasers and perfectionists and high achievers, and we just want to make everybody happy. But ultimately, when we are saying yes to everything and we are saying yes to everyone else, then we are ultimately saying no to ourselves and the things that are truly important to us. You know, I think about the years that I spent saying yes to things that I didn't really want to do or worse yet, things that I ended up resented doing because I really wasn't that excited about it. Well, if you can resonate with any of that, then today's episode is for you. I spoke with Rachel Lennart, who is a teacher life coach, and she's also the host of the Chalk Full of Life podcast. And Rachel talks about how we can say no without feeling guilty. And I really think that this is such an important conversation for us to have at the start of the year as we are developing new routines and habits that are going to carry us all the way through 2023. I really want you to feel empowered to say no to the things and the requests and the demands and the people that don't actually light you up or bring you joy and not feel guilty about it. So this conversation with Rachel is going to help you get started saying no without the guilt. So let's jump into this conversation. Teaching literacy is tough, but with the right tools, you can be not only good, but great. Amazing. I'm talking off the charts impactful. 
Hey, I'm Sarah Marie, a literacy specialist with over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher and school administrator. Tune in each week to this podcast to hear no-fluff lesson ideas and strategies that will help you feel confident in your abilities to truly grow your students as readers. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. Hi, Sarah. It's so great to be here. So I am super excited for this conversation we have. So we are going to be talking all about how to say no without feeling guilty, which I feel like is just a really, I don't know, an appropriate topic as we start off this new year. But before we get into that, can you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell my audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Well, like I said, my name is Rachel Lenhart, and I am from Chock Full of Life, and I'm a fourth grade teacher currently still in the classroom, and I've been teaching 19 years and a little bit more than that. And I also, right around the time of the pandemic, decided to get involved in life coaching, and I became certified, and I just wanted a way to teach teachers how to have a life outside of the classroom, because we're so good at making lesson plans, we kind of forget to make life plans or we make the excuse that we can't because we have all of this schoolwork to do. So I just wanted to be that like beacon of light that teachers can look towards to know that you can do both. You can excel in the classroom and also outside of the classroom. So that's a little bit about how I've come to where I am today. And I, I... The reason I did that was because I burnt myself out like two times. And I mean, legit, like crying on the kitchen floor, telling my husband, I don't think I can teach anymore. I need to quit kind of burnout. And I pulled myself out of it two times. And I thought, you know, like I can share my story and teach other teachers how not to do what I did. And so that was kind of how I got involved in life coaching. I I love that. And first of all, I, I used to be a fourth grade teacher. And so I, I just like, there's a special place in my heart for, for fourth grade teachers. And, uh, and when you were like, figuring out how many years you've been teaching, I feel like I do that too. I'm like, wait, has it been 17? Has it been 18? Like how many? Yeah. It yeah. just makes me feel old. So I'm just like <laughs> more than 15 years in education. I think it's it like that. 20, but I had some maternity leave. So like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time. It, it's been a minute. So I, I just love that you sort of have jumped into this world world of life coaching. And I often think back to like when I was in the classroom, I've been out of the classroom for a couple years. And the last three years I worked in a school, I worked as an assistant principal and experienced burnout in the role of an administrator. But I just feel like, you know, with, especially since COVID, like with the climate of education, like teachers and not even teachers, let's just say everybody, everybody needs support with making like what you said, those life plans and figuring out how to create that sort of, you know, we always talk about work-life balance, but it is achievable with the right tools. So I love that. Have you, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit, but have you noticed a difference since you've gone down this path of life coaching in terms of how you're able to manage the stress of still being in the classroom? Yeah. Well, the pandemic was just a little wild for everybody. And I think I kind of lost a sense of like what I was supposed to be doing because I was teaching in my house. And so literally I could not get out of it. So there for a while, I kind of let things kind of creep back in. But once we got back to quote unquote normal and like in the actual classroom again, 
I went back with some pretty hard boundaries in place. And not to say that I wasn't like being the best teacher I could be because I still was, but I was also saying I'm, I will teach my heart out from eight until three forty. But then I put my mom hat on and I am, you know, there for my boys and my husband. And not to say that I never, ever take a thing home, but I have learned so much with creating that space and creating that that area to just kind of, you know, do the things that you enjoy. Because if you just work, 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 you're going to end up, first of all, resentful and then burnt out. And so many of us are already there. And I think it's causing a lot of teachers to leave that and amongst other things too. But I think just being able to put those boundaries in place and hold those boundaries, because it's one thing to say, I'm going to leave by four. And it's another thing to actually walk out that door at four o'clock. Yep. I have been there. I've set many, <laughs> I've set many boundaries in my life and failed, failed to follow through with them. But I can imagine that part of setting these boundaries and figuring out that balance is learning how to say no, which mm-hmm. I'm excited for this topic, especially because I, you know, I feel like me, myself personally, I am such a people pleaser that when somebody asks me to do something, my immediate response is always yes. Like, yes, I want to be helpful. You know, so on this topic of, you know, how can teachers say no without feeling guilty? Can we just start off with like, why is it important for teachers even to consider no as a response if they're being asked to do anything or something? Exactly. I was such a yes girl too. (laughs) And it's still kind of like my natural inclination is to say yes, but I have to stop myself and The number one thing that I think matters most when you are being asked to give someone, you know, your energy or your time, and it's something that you haven't already like volunteered for, it's something that someone's asking you. I think you just need to check in with your heart and your gut and ask yourself if you are feeling like a 100% enthusiastic, no hesitation, yes, then it's a yes. But if you are kind of like, eh, I kind of don't want to, but I'm worried what they might think and you're trying to like save face, then it's probably a no. And the, the number one thing, the other thing that you want to protect is your energy. So because if you're not protecting your energy and you're giving it to things that you're not 100% like in love with, then you know, you're giving, giving the best part of yourself to something that's not filling your cup. And that might also fill you with some resentment and negative energy, and that's only going to bring you down in the end. So it's really actually the best thing for you to sometimes say no. And that might seem like counterintuitive to us because a lot of teachers were just such like people pleasers at heart. It's better to say no to protect your energy. So it's actually doing you a world of good when you set that boundary and say no. I, yeah, I I love how you said just the whole, like, when we say yes to things that aren't like filling us up, like we're giving the best part of ourselves to something that isn't even necessarily like producing like fruit, you know, or something that's going to give us a return or something that's going to even benefit the person that we're agreeing out because it might turn into resentment or, you know, depleted energy in other areas. So I I love just sort of that like check-in, right? So it's like, before you say yes to something, double check to make sure that that's something that you actually want to do. My mother-in-law always had this really good advice. She had she had three boys and when they were like of the dating age and you know picking their significant others, she would always say a yes is a yes, a no is a no and a maybe is a no. So it's like <laughs> unless unless you're 100% <laughs> yes, like if you're like eh, maybe, it's a no, which I think is kind of true for like anything we agree to. You know, it's like yeah. kind of like maybe, it's probably a no. 
That's so true. So I love all of those, but like how, again, going back to this whole, you know, like being a people pleaser, like how can you say no without feeling guilty? Because I think, you know, saying no is one thing, but then how do you sort of manage the emotions of like post saying no, like you've made the decision, but then it's like, you still might feel bad. Right. I talk about guilt a lot on my podcast. And one of the things that I've talked about was that guilt is just your brain noticing that you have two conflicting values. And value one might be something that you believe in whatever the the cause that you're being asked to do. And you might think that it's a great thing. And then your second value might be that you know you're not going to show up as your best self if if you agree to say yes. And so the guilt comes up because you can't meet both of those values at the same time. And so, but only one can win. And so you feel bad about not sufficiently meeting your other core value. So what's helpful to do when when these kinds of situations arise is to simply recognize that both of those values are great values to have. They're both, you know, pure and honest and positive and you're wanting you're wanting to help the world. But because only one of them can win, it needs to be you. It needs to be your health, your wellness, whatever is going to, you know, to light you up and and set your heart on fire. And if it's just a like, oh, I want to do this because they're my friend or they're my principal or what, you know, whoever it is that's asking you, if it's not something that's going to benefit like your own personal wellness, it's, if it's going to bring you down or add stress, in the end, it's not going to help you. So I've said before that you just have to acknowledge that guilt and just be like, hey, thanks, guilt. I see you. <laughs> I know you're there, but that means that I have two great things I'm trying to decide between. And and you also just need to know that you don't always have to explain yourself. And I I still, to this day, kind of struggle with that because that's going back to that being a people pleaser. I always feel like I have to say, oh, no, because – and then I need to give this, like, ginormous thing that, you know – Like a justification. Something where it's like, here's, you know, this this major thing is happening, which is why I can't do this. Exactly. Like, I want a trip to Paris, so I'm sorry I can't go. Like, something (laughs) crazy, (laughs) right? But really, like, you don't owe them any explanation. And I don't know who coined this phrase, but, like, no is a complete sentence. And that's all we need to know. Like, no, full stop. And you don't have to say it like snarky or anything, but like, you know, just a polite no, or you can even say, no, thank you. That's all we need to to say. We don't need to explain ourselves. And I know that is totally easier said than done, but once you try it and practice it and keep doing it, you will get better at it because I know I did. And I was like the world's biggest yes girl. (laughs) I can imagine that this takes like some practice getting, getting used to just say no without an explanation. I can think of many instances, even within this past week where I've said no to somebody, but I give the reason. And I'm like, why did I even give that reason? Like I didn't, I didn't need to give an explanation to them. They didn't even ask for an explanation, but (laughs) I, first of all, I want to go back. I love how you explain what guilt is. I feel like, I think that's like one of those things where it's just like, we, we can identify that feeling and we know Mm -hmm. that like what that feeling is, but it's like, I've never had anybody explain exactly what guilt is, but that explanation of like two conflicting values, it's like, okay, wait a minute. I think we associate guilt as like almost like in a negative emotion, but like Mm -hmm. with the way you explain it, it's like, okay, wait a minute. This isn't necessarily like a bad thing. This is just an awareness that I've got two values. And they both can't win, so we just have to pick the one that's going to benefit us. But I just feel like having that clear understanding of guilt almost makes it seem like not as bad of a thing to experience. 
So thank you for sharing that. That was really great. Yeah. Okay. So what happens when we say yes, but we really want to say no? You know, like we said, it's like, this is one of those things where I'm sure it takes some time to get used to this habit of saying no. So as we're on our saying no journey, like what happens if you say yes, but sort of like in your gut or after you've made that agreement, you're like, shoot, that was the wrong thing to do. Yeah. So more often than not, you probably said yes, because you were trying to people please. Like you wanted, you didn't want to let somebody down or you, you know, didn't want to look bad in front of someone. And that's, you know, people pleasing. And in the, in the end, people pleasing isn't, you know, you being nice necessarily to someone. It's actually a form of manipulation. And and I know like that sounds really like harsh to hear. So like my eyes just got really big. So. <laughs> I know I saw. I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. Because <laughs> when you break it down, we can start to turn this around is to see like for let's just see it for what it is. So when you say yes from a negative space of not really wanting to do that thing that someone asks you to do, you're saying what the other person wants you to say. And so it has everything to do with you wanting them to like you. So it's like you are in a way manipulating them to like you. And even though that sounds like really harsh. <laughs> I, I can see that. That makes sense. That's like what in, when we break it down, like you're trying to get their respect. You're trying to get brownie points. You're trying to, you know, save face or, you know, whatever that might be for you to say yes when you really want to say no. So it is kind of a manipulation to get them to like you or to get on their good side or whatever, whatever that might look like. And so when I first heard that, I was like, like you, when you made that face, I was like, <laughs> whoa, that is like really harsh. But then the more I processed it, I was like, oh my gosh, that's really like that's really true. It's like when true. I yeah. when I commit to this, you know, extracurricular activity that I was asked by an admin to do, I'm trying to like win brownie points and look good in their eyes. It has everything to do with me looking good and not me wanting to actually do it for the right reasons. Yeah, that I mean, and that totally that totally makes sense. And I mean, I just think like, you know, it, it is kind of harsh to say the manipulation, but it's it's true. And it's like, we want people to like us, but we want people to like us because of us, not because we're doing something that they want us to do that we're not really invested in. Because then it's like, that's not really our true selves. Yes. Yes, exactly. So even if we know we should like say no to things, right? Like, why is it our tendency to say yes? Like what's sort of, I don't know, the psychology of behind this? I think especially with teachers, you know, where like, why is it that so many teachers like say yes to things? Like we overcommit, we stretch ourselves way too thin. Like, why is that? <laughs> I just think because as teachers in general, this is a generalization, but teachers in general are just that people pleasing type of personality. Like, I don't know about you, but like I was the goody two shoe growing up. I, you know, wanted to always have honorable grades. I never wanted to mess up. I was a rule follower. I'm an Enneagram three. Like I think a lot of teachers fit that mold. Obviously not everybody, but a lot of us do. And I think a lot of us are, and I say us, I include myself. <laughs> We're afraid of what others are going to think if we say no. We're afraid we're going to let somebody down, disappoint somebody. And for all of those different reasons, we tend to be more willing to make ourselves feel miserable rather than face the possibility that the person who asked us to do something might think less of us. So we need to remember that other people's opinions are none of your business. And I think Rachel Hollis might have said that. <laughs> But other people's opinions of you are none of your darn business. Which is such a hard thing to actually like embrace. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. But, and I'm speaking from personal example, it is hard to accept that. But once you do, 
that's so freeing because you don't have to people please anymore and you can confidently and unapologetically say no. I love it. So I I hope that the teachers listening to this are feeling just a little bit more encouraged and empowered to like really just think through kind of like what you said at the very beginning, you know, it's like when somebody asks you to do something, really check in with yourself and think, is this something that I want to do and I'm excited about doing, or are you doing it out of a sense of obligation or out of a sense of, you know, feeling of fear or out of this idea that you're going to do something because you feel like you'll get something from somebody else, like in return, you know, all of those things. And if, if it's something that you want to do, say yes, but if it's something that you don't want to do, then say no full stop with no explanation. So that can be hopefully our resolution going into this new year. Any other little tips for teachers who are wanting to sort of make a change in, you know, cause I'm assuming this is like a big behavioral change. So like any sort of tips for teachers who are like, okay, I want to make this, this change, but this feels like a hard thing, like a hard behavior adjustment for me to make. Yeah. I would just say, start small. Like don't, you know, don't start with some huge thing I would say just start small with like just maybe saying no to, you know, a little thing and just, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but something that's small and not really going to have an impact on much. And then just practice that and maybe start with people that are more of acquaintances rather than someone that, you know, you may have a deeper connection or relationship with. But I always just recommend with starting small and just just do it. Just try saying no to something that's not going to have a big impact. You know, don't say no to your principal when they ask you to, you know, do something that you really absolutely have to do. Not saying that. But if somebody that you just met is like, hey, you want to meet for coffee or if somebody's asking you to like tutor their kid early in the morning or, you know, something like that, you can say no. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's a great example. Like if a parent asks you to do something that really isn't within your contractual bounds, like tutoring or, you know, meeting before school or after school, you can just gently say, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm not able to make that work. And then that's it. You don't have to say, I'm not able to make that work because I have to drop my kids off at daycare or whatever. You just, I'm not able to make that work. Full stop. I can imagine that once you get really good at this, it does feel really empowering to have because you feel like you're maybe a little bit more in control of your situation and circumstances and you mm-hmm. don't always just have to say yes. Like you at the end of the day get to be the one to make that decision. Absolutely. I love it. Okay. Well, this was really, really great. Do you mind if we ask a few hot seat questions here? I always like to Absolutely wrap up my interviews not. Go with right some, ahead. <laughs> some fun, sort of some fun off topic questions. So we will ask one that is related to education. So what is your favorite thing about working in the field of education? That's a hard, that's a big, hard <laughs> question. There's so many things that I do enjoy and love about education. Probably one of the best things that I love is that you cannot predict how your day is going to go. And that's sometimes a great thing. And sometimes sometimes it's like, oh, what in the world just happened? (laughs) But like, I just love that how no day is ever the same. And you have a schedule on paper and you know full well going into every day that is most likely not going to happen that way. But just embracing it and going with the flow and just, you know, learning to have those teachable moments. I just love how every day is just never carbon copy and never the same. I love that perspective. Keeps things hopping. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. What's your favorite way to unwind and de-stress after a long day or a long week? I love to just, if it's nice now, I'm I'm in like the Northeast, I'm in Pennsylvania. So now it's cold (laughs) and snowy. But on those nice warm days, I like to go for a walk. We have a nature trail right down at the end of our street. And I love to just go for a walk, pop in a podcast and just tune out the world 
But now that it's winter and cold, I love to just bundle up with my blankie and fireplace and put on, I'm really loving like the crown and any like historical fiction documentary series, something like like the crown or there's other things I've watched too, but I just love to watch like a docu-series. I'm a little nerdy like that. I'm a fan fan of a documentary, like any, any sort of documentary I'm into it. Okay. One destination that you're hoping to travel in the next decade. Oh, this one is easy. (laughs) Bora Bora. Oh, and I want to stay in one of those huts above the yes, water. Over the water, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yep. That's where I want to go. <laughs> okay, well, we'll check in in a decade from now to okay. see if you've actually made it. And last one, favorite book or movie that you've read or seen this past year? I was a little slow on uh, reading this book. I feel like everyone read this book before I had read it. Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Oh, yep, that's a good one. <laughs> it sat on my nightstand for like literally a full year. And then over the summer, I threw it in my carry-on and read it on vacation. I read it twice. Yes. (laughs) I read it once on vacation, and then I read it on the plane ride home. It is fire. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I highlighted, like, all the things. (laughs) Yep. That's awesome. Okay. I love it. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for joining me today. I just love your perspective on, you know, how teachers can say no without feeling guilty. And so I just appreciate you being willing to come on here and share your expertise and your insight. Where can my audience find you online and connect with you? Yeah, so I am Chalk Full of Life, Chalk, C-H-A-L-K, Full of Life, and I'm on Instagram, and I am on TikTok, and I also have a podcast, the Chalk Full of Life podcast, and I release episodes every Monday, and then I also have a website. It's called chalkfulloflife.com. Awesome. And we will link to all of those in the show notes. And so if you are looking for another podcast to add to your list, definitely go check out Rachel's podcast. It's fantastic. So Rachel, thanks again. And I can't wait to chat with you again soon. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Stellar Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are finding value in this podcast, It would mean the world to me if you would follow along and leave a five-star positive review. This helps me spread the word to more and more teachers just like you. And don't forget to join me over on Instagram at The Stellar Teacher Company. You can always find the links and resources from this episode in the show notes at StellarTeacher.com. I'll see you back here next week.